0: This reading is Psalm 92, a psalm, a song for the Sabbath day. It is good to praise the Lord and make music to your name, O Most High, proclaiming your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night to the music of the ten-stringed lyre and the melody of the harp. For you make me glad by your deeds, Lord, I sing for joy at what your hands have done. How great are your works, Lord. How profound your thoughts. Senseless people do not know. Fools do not understand. That though the wicked spring up like grass. And all evil doers flourish. They will be destroyed forever. But you, Lord, are forever exalted. For surely your enemies, Lord. Surely your enemies will perish all evildoers will be scattered. This is the word of the Lord.
1: We're looking at uh, Psalm 92, and uh, it's a psalm which, if you look at the at the topper of it, as opposed to the footer, um, it's written for a day like today. It's written for the Sabbath which of course in the Jewish culture was a, a Saturday, but it was a day that was given uh, for for God's people to reflect and to rest, which is a very good thing to do. And I know in today's world we're not very good sometimes at reflecting and resting. I, I think that uh, one of our biggest challenges... Today is the amount of technology that's around us, and uh, Wi-Fi is on all of the time, and we tend not to turn our our connection off. And I had noticed that that had been taking almost all of my spare time, and so I just made one rule: I don't do it every day, but I try. Is that I will not look. I will switch off my internet connection through the night until I've had a moment of quiet in the morning. And then the day starts. And even just that one thing can be very helpful. But even so, there is this principle here that there should be a day that we set aside to reflect on God and on his goodness to us. And so that's what this psalm is doing. And it particularly talks to us about Uh, thanksgiving and praise and I love the first two verses it's good to praise the Lord and make music to your name O Most High to proclaim your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night where where we live I have this beautiful view out of the front of the house that looks over to sunrise every morning And in Uganda, you can count on one hand the number of days in a year when you do not see the sun. Can you imagine that? It's wonderful. It's hardly ever a day when the sun doesn't appear someday. So wake up, and you, depending what time you leave for work, you pull back the curtains, or you're leaving for work, and there's this beautiful sunrise. And then in the evening... You come back because it's uh, 12 hours day and 12 hours night, so roughly 7 till 7. So normally get home after dark, but if the the clouds are not there, which is more often than not, there's this huge blanket of stars in the sky. And if you've been to Africa, you know that the stars are much, much clearer there because there's less light pollution. And And those two things remind me every day... It's his love that we remember in the morning that he's going to take us through. And at at night, we remember his faithfulness, that indeed he has brought us through. Now, life sometimes doesn't feel like sunrise and a blanket of stars, does it? We have a lot of cloud, and there's a lot of cloud that can obscure our sun and obscure the stars. But the sun and the stars and the moon are always there. We know that. And so our challenge in our lives is to lift our eyes up, to remember what's beyond the clouds, to remember that our God is good, and he's faithful, and he's loving. And uh, these verses remind me, just as the song that we just sung, it comes from Lamentations. Now, Lamentations is these five chapters from poor old Jeremiah. That's right, isn't it? It's Jeremiah. And he's a droll character. I'm not surprised, given the things he went through. And it's this acrostic, the English teachers will correct me if I'm wrong, it's this acrostic in the Hebrew where they have each letter of the alphabet uh, in each of these five chapters. And then chapter three is is kind of doubled up. But right bang in the middle of this book and in the middle of chapter three, in the midst of all this lamenting, come those verses, Let me just read them to make sure I don't misquote. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, and therefore I will wait for him. That reminds me as well of Hebrews 11 verse 1. Faith means... Being sure of the things we hope for, and knowing that something is real, even if we do not see it. Okay? Now, in our work, sometimes we see the goodness of the Lord, and sometimes it's when you guys, as visitors, come and visit us, and reflect back to us what you have seen of God doing Sometimes in the midst of our work, faith described normal days, people all over the place taking your headspace. You arrive at work every day thinking that you're going to achieve certain things. And by the time everybody leaves, you realize you haven't started any of those things, which uh, I'm sure many of you will be familiar with in your own work. And so sometimes it's difficult to see what God is doing. And yet when people come back from their their field visits, or others come and visit, and they see and they hear the goodness of God, that children's lives are being changed. Whether it's a child that has found a new family or has been taken back to their family, maybe the the family felt that they would be better off left in an orphanage because at least there they would get education and food. But neither of those things replace the love of a mother and or a father or a grandmother or whoever. And so seeing those stories, hearing those stories of lives that are reconnected or of knowing that the girls who are being brought back into education and are now making progress. That project has been going on enough years now, supported by many of you, that we're now seeing our first graduates graduates of university, we've got one of them who's an intern with us now. She was expelled from school when she got pregnant. She's now a responsible mother and she's finished an IT degree. That is really good. And she's seeking to follow God in her walk and as she raises her daughter. And there are many other stories like that. Faith will tell you more later. We see the goodness of the Lord in the way that he's been looking after those children. So, This psalm reminds me that on a day like today, let's just remember those things. In the psalm as well, it teaches us how we can praise. We can praise with our voices, we can praise with instruments. Actually, this morning I've really enjoyed just voices and keyboard. Sometimes we can get noised out by all sorts of other instruments, but just the beauty of voices and keyboard is is a blessing. So, remembering that we praise in all ways. If your voice is bad, it's okay. Maybe you're a good poet. Maybe you're an artist. Maybe you're a good storyteller. All of those things are ways that we can praise God. And why do we praise him? Each of us in our own hearts, has many reasons why we praise. He's been good to us. The Apostle Paul says, ultimately, my grace, as in God's grace, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. So he boasts in his weakness. Because the grace of God is the fact that we do not deserve his nurture and his care and his salvation, and yet he gives gives it to us anyway. And if there was nothing else, that is sufficient. Life has its challenges, but God is still faithful. He is still gracious to us. He is still kind. He is still loving. He is still merciful. And that ultimately is enough for us. So there are many reasons why we praise God. And I encourage you even on this day to, to make sure that you take even a few minutes and to say, thank you, Lord, because you have been good. You have loved me and you have been faithful and you don't change. Life changes, life has its challenges, but you remain the God of love and faithfulness. Now later, the psalmist goes on to describe this battle that he has in what he sees and what he feels. He sees the senseless, the fools, the wicked, seeming to um, get everything that they want and to be successful. It was my younger brother's birthday yesterday and um, we watched a film called Detroit. And it was about the, the... The racial tensions in the 1960s and how (coughs) the white police officers who murdered some of the black youths in cold blood just got away with it. And it's a terrible terrible thing. And I'm sure that this is the sort of thing that many people would say it seems senseless. How do wicked people prosper? How do they get away with it? And yet we have to remember that God is the one who will do justice. He will do what is right. And without him we're also wicked. We might not feel wicked, but if we, are, if, if we are living without God, we are capable of doing all sorts of bad things. And we might not be shooting people in cold blood, but we probably do with our words sometimes probably shoot people with our words. So may the Lord be gracious to us as well. Anyway, he then goes on to say, no, wait a minute, because in verse 10, you have exalted my horn. That's a symbol of being blessed. And you've poured fine oils on me. So the psalmist realizes that my eyes have seen the defeat of my adversaries. My ears have heard the route of the wicked. And the righteous, those who are trusting in Christ for their righteousness, I can't trust my own, it's not not good enough, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree or they will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. So here we have the wicked who are like grass, they sprout up and they die, which we see very clearly in, in wet and dry seasons. Wet season, it's up here. Dry season, it's just disappeared. And that all happens naturally. There's no, uh, up in the meadows, there's no lawn mowers. It just grows and dies. And, and so the Bible says the wicked are like that. They'll grow for a while and then they will die. But as righteous people, we have to be like palm trees, which are, have strong um, roots that go out and that flex in the storm and that bear fruit. Or the cedar of Lebanon, which I'm told is so strong it can drill through rock with its roots in order to access the water that's beneath the rock. So we're encouraged to be like those trees rather than to be like grass. (coughs) And then at the bottom of that, at the bottom of the psalm, it says, in the midst of that, as we learn to be like trees, that we will continue to proclaim The Lord is upright, he is my rock, and there is no wickedness in him. So I think the choice that we have today, as we have any day, but especially on a day when we take time to rest, is to thank God for his love and his faithfulness. To remember that the clouds might cover our view at the time, but behind the clouds, the stars, the sun, the moon still remain his goodness, his love, his faithfulness, remain regardless of current circumstances. And therefore, we grow strong as trees in his righteousness and know that by the way that we praise him, by the way that we adore him, by the way that we give him thanks in all circumstances, that we will bring him honor for who he is and what he's done for us. And Faith is going to come and share just a story or two of what she has seen of the goodness of the Lord in people's lives.
2: When uh, Mim asked me to share stories, I was thinking through my head and saying, which one do I share? In August, we had a camp where we were looking to spending time with about 800 girls. Um, But we we divided it up into four camps where we're dealing with uh, about 200 girls at a time. And unfortunately for some of these girls, when they come from home, they come when they're very sick. And you're like, parents, why would you send your children sick? Anyways, there was this one girl who I call Agnes. She came to camp and she enjoyed the first day of camp, but she got sick and we took her to the clinic for emergency care, and they said we needed to uh, admit her in hospital because she, she had intestinal obstruction. So we called the mother quickly and said, your child is sick. Could you please come to the hospital? She came, and uh, the doctors said they needed to do an operation. And so the mother, because she hadn't been staying with her daughter, the daughter was staying with her grandmother, It's a long story of just a a broken-up family where the father wasn't doing his job of looking after his daughter. And when the mother called him to ask for money to help the daughter have an operation, he became a power struggle. He said, after all, you took her away from me thinking you you could look after her. You do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to, to, to pay any money. It's up to you. And the mother said, I don't have any money. Let's just go home. I don't know what to do. And so we said we couldn't do that. So we had to look through our programs and see which line would use for medical emergency. And we were able to help the child have uh, an operation. And through that um, duration of all that happening, I was thinking, how can this father be so wicked? and uh, so cruel to his own daughter. I know that even as they were talking about that, I think even in the presence of the girl herself, the mother said, well, if you want me to take my girl home and bury her, that's fine. It was so, so, so sad that it was said in front of the child. We were like, that is unacceptable. So we had to talk to the mother about what she could say in front of the child and what she couldn't say. But I wanted to follow up the issue of the father and say can I report him to the police so that he can be responsible even if he paid back some money of what was, uh, was used uh, I kept following up the story and afterwards I talked to the grandmother and the grandmother told me the story of how this started and the domestic violence and how it happened in the middle I just let it go I said the Lord has been faithful to this girl that she was in our care at that moment when she needed She needed an operation, and we were able to help her have that operation. And we saw that God's faithfulness to her was that she was in our care at that moment. And whatever happens to the father, I've left him to God to, to, to deal with. So that's just one story of how these children go through a difficult time. And it's amazing that eventually they will trust God as their father, because most of them are fatherless. They have fathers, but the fathers are absent. And so... We tend to encourage them during our camps. We share the word of God with them and uh, help them to build resilience and uh, help them to know that whatever happens, God is in charge. And we hope that that girl, Agnes, can take it on and know that God was faithful to her. Thank you.